Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode, I'm joined by former Quinnipiac women's hockey player Katie Tabin. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and how's everything going? Yeah, it's going great. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And obviously, you're involved with professional hockey right now, playing for the PHF. But uh, besides that, uh, what have you been up to since graduating Quinnipiac a few years ago? So I graduated uh, in May of 2020, and uh, that's kind of when COVID first hit. So around, I think it was February, we all got booted out of the dorms. So um, when that kind of happened and, and hockey wasn't really going on around the world, I, I decided to start working. So I got a job in Wisconsin Dells in their, uh, for a campground, and I was just working in the marketing department. Um, so after that, I went back to Winnipeg. I got a hockey job there. Um, and then I just decided, you know, I'm missing hockey like crazy. I uh, reached out to the Connecticut whale coach, started playing for them for a bit. And then um, just realized it wasn't really the best fit for me. So yeah, now I'm, now I'm in Toronto and uh, yeah, it's going well. Now, have you been watching college hockey uh, since you've graduated? And if so, uh, what's your thoughts on the, this season and who do you think will win the national championship? Uh, yeah, I watch it here and there. Uh, we kind of have a hectic schedule, so I, I mostly take the time to watch Quinnipiac, both the men's and uh, female. So um, I'm rooting for them for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. I, they both have a good chance this year. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I think, uh, I think I don't know, that Quinnipiac men's, I, I, there's a chance that both of them can make the Frozen Four. And I would be yep. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like the first time the same school made it to the frozen four for both the men's and women's side. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I feel like that might have happened with Minnesota, but it would be the first time in quite some time. I know that. Yeah, especially for Quinnipiac, that would be huge for the university. So, um, yeah, I'm rooting for them. Now, let's start off talking about the beginning of your hockey career and kind of work all the way up to where you are today. So uh, you're from Winnipeg, Manitoba. So talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Yeah, so I grew up in a little town uh, called Oak Bank, um, and there was no female sports there, so I always played with the boys, hockey, um, baseball, soccer, um, and then I think when I was around 10, I moved to Winnipeg, um, and then I started going to a private school called Balmoral Hall, and uh, I think my hockey career kind of just took off from there, just because, uh, you know, we'd go to um, different showcases where a bunch of colleges would come and watch us and stuff. So um, I was able to showcase myself a little better. And yeah, then I ended up going to Quinnipiac. Who's your favorite player growing up? Uh, I think Jennifer Botterill was um, my favorite female player growing up for sure. Um, I can't really remember a men's player growing up, but probably I looked up to my brother the most. Uh, he's six years older than me and he was always playing hockey, so I always kind of wanted to be like him. I remember looking up, like, top points leaders in NCAA, like, history, and Jennifer Botterill had, like, 300 points in, like, 100 games, which is pretty crazy since they play way more games now than when she played back in the day. So I thought that that just shows you how good she was back then. Oh, yeah. No, she was unreal. So, yeah, she was always someone I looked up to. That's incredible. Now, like you mentioned before, um, Quinnipiac, you played for Balmoral Hall. Uh, talk about how you got the opportunity to play there and what your experience was like over there. Yeah, so I think it happened where my one of my good friends, Allison Sexton, um, her parents were deciding on putting her in a private school, and um, we always played summer hockey together. So 
our parents just kind of got talking and my mom, you know, thought it'd be a great opportunity for me. So we ended up going in grade seven together. Um, and then I just decided to, yeah, stay there until I graduated. Um, and, you know, I think that school both academically and, um, and for hockey helped me out so much, you know, growing up in a small town, um, I didn't necessarily care too much about my education just because I don't really know why, but after going to Balmoral Hall, it kind of whipped me in shape. And um, I started really caring about my grades and realizing like I have a chance to uh, play in the state somewhere when I'm older. So yeah, it's uh, very grateful for uh, going to Balmoral Hall. Now, what's the best memory you have over there uh, when you look back on it today? Um, my best memory of Balmoral Hall. Honestly, I, there's so many. I think one of my favorite memories is traveling to Washington and we got to watch uh, the Caps practice uh, during that showcase there. So just traveling all over. I went all over with that school, Canada and the U.S. and um, gave me so much exposure to hockey and, and the college world and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just a super cool experience. Now. How, talk about your recruitment process uh, to Quinnipiac. Um, when did they reach out to you and what made you want to go to Quinnipiac versus other schools you might have looked at? Yeah, so this is kind of a funny one. Um, Cassandra Turner, which is the head coach now there, um, she was the assistant coach at the time. And I remember she came uh, to one of my BH practices and she came to watch me and Riley Houston. And um, after the practice my head coach at the time told me hey you know this scout's here to watch you and Riley um she wants to talk to you guys after she's gonna call you or something like that so I said wow this is super cool um but obviously not knowing that beforehand I remember you know our practices weren't the best and I, I think I was just lazy out there and goofing off with my teammates and stuff like that and and uh Cass sent me an email basically saying um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in, in the player, um, that I saw out there at practice, you know, we want people who work hard and, um, you know, want to get better and stuff like that. And, and to me, that was the first scout who, who's reached out and didn't, you know, say, wow, Katie, you are the best defense, you know, whatever they, they say to kind of pump your tires. And, um, that was kind of an eye opener for me because, you know, having someone point out some of the negatives of, of your um, of yourself with hockey. Uh, I kind of like that because I wanted to, you know, prove myself to her. And I thought, you know, um, I think she can really help me become a better player. So, um, yeah, I just remember I think I sent her an email basically just saying, hey, you know, that's not me. Um, I do try super hard. I will work super hard if you guys will have me. So. Um, that's kind of how I ended up at Quinnipiac and she took a chance with me, I guess you could say. And um, yeah, she definitely made me a better hockey player. Did you ever talk to coach Turner about that? Like nowadays about that email, does she remember it? I'm sure she does. I haven't honestly, until someone asks me, you know, how did you end up at Quinnipiac? I kind of forget about it, but uh, I've told, you know, that story quite a few times and it, it kind of makes me laugh and, um, you know, I'm super grateful for it because I could have went to a different school where 
you know, a head coach pumped my tires and said, yo, you know, you're great at this, great at that. But um, at the end of the day, I think, you know, when I got invited to Team Canada my sophomore year, it was because of um, Cass and um, our strength and conditioning coach really putting me to work and, and pushing me kind of further than I've ever been before. So, yeah, super cool that uh, that's kind of the story. Now, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey as a freshman? Was it the speed of the game, the decision-making, or was it sort of just the physicality? Because I noticed that a lot of defenders in women's hockey always have to go deal with those board battles, trying to break the puck out of the zone. Yeah, um, it's a huge adjustment, I think, for everyone. Um, I think just college hockey is is such a competitive atmosphere, and not it's not in high school and stuff, but – um, you know, D1 college hockey is just a different game and everyone, you know, um, puts their heart and soul into every single shift. And that was kind of an adjustment for me. So, um, yeah, they really put me to work. And um, I think I adjusted well going into my sophomore year. Now talk about playing in the ECAC and just the competition you face every weekend. In my opinion, I think it's one of the best conferences in women's college hockey. I think it's definitely the most competitive because you have teams like Clarkson, Colgate, obviously the Ivy Leagues like Yale and Harvard. Uh, so just talk about what it's like playing in the, that conference and the, the competition you face every single weekend. Yeah, I think, and we've we've always said it, it is the best league um, for female hockey. Personally, that's my opinion. Um, it's just every game is so tough, so close. Um, it really comes down to the small details in every single game. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that league because it was a battle every single day. Um, you know, kind of like you see in the NHL, it's a battle every single day. So super cool playing Harvard and, and just going to, you know, all those different schools and seeing like Princeton and um, Yale was super close. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that league, but it was a grind. Now, uh, just talk a little bit about the Nutmeg Classic because that was something that really stuck out to me when doing research about your time at Quinnipiac because you won that a couple of times. Uh, what was it like playing in that in-season tournament? And just talk about what it was like winning that uh, championship, not just your sophomore year, but your senior year as well. Yeah, so that's a really cool tournament that we're always in, um, always super competitive. And it's kind of, you know, our first championship before playoffs start. So kind of gets the girls going um, when, once we kind of won that a couple times. Um, yeah, really got us all together and, and uh, kind of showed us, hey, we got this one championship down onto the next. So, yeah, it's a, it's a cool tournament. And before your senior year, you were named captain of the team. Uh, what type of leadership did you want to bring to the team and were you more of a vocal or lead by example type of player? Uh, I'd say I'm I'm kind of a mix. Uh, so I had uh, Kenzie Prater also a captain that year. So I'd say, you know, she was more of a she was more of the vocal maybe than I was. Um, but we both kind of balanced each other out. You know, um, there were times where she needed to speak and I needed to speak and. Um, you know, we kind of balanced each other out really well. And, um, yeah, I thought we had led the team pretty well. Now, that senior year, you also made a lot of improvements to your game, both offensively and defensively. I'm curious, what was what do you think is the biggest improvement you've made to your game um, since your freshman year to your senior year? And do you think that's paying dividends now as a professional athlete? 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing was uh, my off-ice conditioning and, and strength. Um, going into my sophomore year, I stayed that whole summer at Quinnipiac and trained with a couple girls. Um, and I think that just made my game go to another level just because, you know, it's it half the game is mental. So if you can push yourself off the ice, um, you learn how to push yourself on the ice. So I think, you know, my strength and my conditioning – allowed for my speed to come up, my shot got better. Um, and then that just continued kind of to my senior year. So that was a big thing for me. Your team also got to play in Northern Ireland during your senior year. Uh, talk about that trip. Uh, what And what was that experience like for you? Yeah, that was a, that was a super cool trip. Um, you know, being able to travel with, what do we have? 24 of our teammates. Uh, and it's basically going on a trip with your family. So it was really cool. And then being able to kind of showcase the female game out there was also really cool. Um, the rink that we played in was incredible. Um, just everything there. We got to do a lot of sightseeing and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a really, really cool uh, experience. Now, you played your final college hockey game against Princeton in the ECAC playoffs, and that game went into double overtime. I kind of want to ask you what emotions were you feeling after that game? And what was it like playing your final college hockey game? And I guess – when you look back on it now, um, what's your whole thoughts on it? Because I thought you guys gave Princeton a good run for their money, for your money, for their money, because that was a very competitive series. A lot of those games went to overtime, if I remember correctly. And obviously, yep. Princeton went on to win the ECAC championship that year. So, uh, just talk a little bit about like what you what you remember from that game and what you taken away from it and how you sort of processed it today. Yeah, um, I remember that series was a battle. Um... You know, it really comes down, down to the fine details and that's kind of who won those games and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I remember that final game. We had that game under our belt. We knew we were going to win. And, um, you know, just the little details that came down to, a, I think it was a turnover or something like that. And three on one against me and Abby Ives in net there. So not much you can do there. But uh, yeah, that, that one hurts still thinking back on it. But um, you know, it was still a, an un, unreal series, so it was a lot of fun. What have you taken away from your college hockey career with Quinnipiac that has helped you as an adult today, both on and off the ice? Um, I think I've just grown into a better person after going to Quinnipiac, honestly. Um, we focus a lot of stuff um, off the ice, you know, not only on the ice, and half of that is just becoming mentally tougher and um, you know, that, that helps you in everyday life and everyday situations, whether that's work or, you know, conflict with family, friends, whoever it is. Um, and I think that's kind of the piece that, that Quinnipiac really helped me with was my mental game. Um, and yeah, I just feel like I'm a better person because of it. So we're now in a segment I have to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. Uh, so first okay. one is if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Uh, probably have lunch with Conor McGregor. I, I love that guy. He's absolutely nuts, but you kind of have to be nuts to, uh, be a fighter. So I think uh, it'd be a lot of fun just to have one dinner with him. What is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? Uh, I've been reading a book. Oh, geez. What's it called? Um, basically on mental toughness something like that and 
Um, that's really helped me this year just because it's such a busy year and stuff like that. So um, just little takeaways. I wish I knew what it was called. I can't remember what it's called, but basically I am, I, I love reading about mental toughness and just how to train your mind to, to help you in your game and everyday life. So stuff like that. That's cool. What music do you like to listen to, whether it's before a game or just on a general basis? General basis, definitely country. Um, big country gal. Uh, before a game, I like, you know, like, uh, I think it's called like dance music, like EDM type of yeah. stuff to get you pumped up. Um, it's really whatever's in our locker room, though. I'm, I'm not too picky as long as it's kind of upbeat. I feel like in, if you play in Toronto, you gotta listen to some Drake before each game. Yeah, we listen to Drake here and there. Yep. And are you excited for the new Morgan Wallen album that just came out today? Since you're a huge country fan. Yeah, we've actually me and my teammate are here at our cottage. We've been listening to it all morning. So uh, yeah, we got it on repeat. What's your favorite song so far? Ah, uh, what are some of the names? I think one's called Cow cowgirl something yeah what whiskey friends yeah whiskey friends is a good one too i think my favorite so far is probably 98 braves just because i'm a big baseball guy and i like how he incorporates sports into his music because you don't really see that too often so that's probably my favorite one so far now one last non-hockey question is uh what is your biggest pet peeve For hockey or no, sorry, non-hockey. Biggest it could be pet hockey. Peeve. It could be hockey. I know some people hate the way I tape my sticks, so. <laughs> uh, my biggest pet peeve. I, I would probably say when people aren't clean. Like mm -hmm. I'm a pretty clean freak. So uh, I'd say that's my biggest pet peeve when, you know, like dishes are left out or um, there's yeah, stuff in the sink, stuff like that. Well, getting back to some hockey questions now. Obviously, you currently play for the PHF. So I'm curious, what should be done to help grow women's hockey, in your opinion? Because I know a big goal of that league is trying to promote women's hockey across uh, North America. Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest goal for us is just to continue growing the female game. Um, you know, it's it's actually incredible just to think two years ago, you know, when I left Quinnipiac, um, I remember talking to all my teammates after we graduated and a bunch of us still wanted to play. And it was either, you know, you go to Europe or, you know, you play in, uh, I think it was NWHL at the time and maybe get paid two grand. So you got to get a job on the side. And, you know, we didn't really want to do that, but we wanted to play hockey. So, um, you know, it's it's just, it's funny looking back and seeing how far it's come. And now we're actually getting paid. And next year, most of us, We'll be able to, or sorry, pretty much all of us will be able to just live off of the, you know, our salary and stuff and play hockey, which is the ultimate goal. So, um, yeah, we just got to keep growing and, and uh, marketing ourselves. And, yeah, we'll see what happens in the next couple of years. Yeah, I saw somewhere where there's like going to be like a the salary cap rate got raised uh, for next season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so it was 750000 this year, I think uh us and now it's going to 1.5 mil so it's oh, a wow. huge uh, and yeah it's it's so cool to see for the female game it's finally you know all coming together
hopefully that continues to grow um, even past uh, 1.5 because that just means more players get the chance to um, play professional hockey after they graduate college, which is what I want, which is what I want to see as well. Well, yeah, exactly. And especially, you know, you have the girls in college right now who are graduating and then you have um, like your super seniors who have been there because of the COVID and stuff. So there's a huge pool of, of girls and hopefully they want to join the PHF next year. Um, and then we'll just keep growing from there. Well, uh, for any of the younger listeners that listen to this episode, uh, what advice do you have for them on what it takes to make it to the college hockey level? Um, I would say just, you know, always have goals. It's always good to have goals. Um, even if you think, you know, maybe it's not attainable, you still got to believe. And, you know, when I was younger, I didn't think I was going to play college hockey until, you know, I went to BH and I realized it's a possibility. So always have dreams, always have goals. Um, cause you have no idea what's going to happen. So just keep pushing yourself. Any shout outs you want to make to any of your family members, friends, teammates, um, feel free to give them that now. Any shout outs? Um, I think just to Quinnipiac, you know, I love that team. I uh, love that school. So I'm rooting for you guys in the playoffs. Um, shout outs. That's probably it. I can't think of anyone else. Awesome. I always shout out family and stuff. They know I, they know I uh, appreciate them. Well, if there's anyone from uh, your, one of your former Quinnipiac teammates that we should interview next, uh, feel free to let us know. Okay, yeah, maybe like Zoe Boyd or something like that. See how she's doing. Uh, she's a good player. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Katie. I really appreciate your time. It means so much uh, for myself, and I wish you nothing but the best uh, for any future endeavors you might have and for the rest of your hockey career. I know you're going to do great things. And, yeah, thanks so much for the time. It really means a lot. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. Smile that makes the sun rise